Hello, I'm your host, Giselle Gamby, and this is the Intuitive Pool Podcast, where together we'll embrace the plans we did not make yet unfold businesses and lives that are so much greater in wealth in all ways than any business or life plan could ever achieve. My wish is that you make intuition your most trusted advisor. So buckle up, get present, and let's go. So I'm really, really grateful to have two men who I know in my life on this episode this morning, Scott Osborne. So Scott, Scott and I have a funny story how we met. We met, I don't know if you remember Scott, but we met early 2000s. I was on a blind date. I was waiting at a pub in North Sydney for this blind date. And you and Sky turned up and I knew Sky because I had just employed her in the, at the Sheraton Sydney Airport Hotel. Look, yeah, I do remember that sort of vaguely. It was a big night. But, um, yeah. <laughs> but um, yeah, look, at you know, friendship certainly goes back a long way, right? It does. It does. So, um, yes, yeah, certainly not in the style of where we're going to go. But, yes, we, uh, we have partied very, very hard in the, early, in the earlier days. I think we've grown up a little bit more in the recent. I kind of feel like we ticked that box you know, <laughs> confidently. Oh, we did that really, really, really well. Like, you know, A plus. We don't need any improvement in that department. So I'm really, I'm, I'm best friends with Scott's wife, Sky, and I know Paul Dunn. So Scott Osborne and Paul Dunn. I know Paul Dunn because Paul is married to Scott's sister and we too have partied hard in the, in the old days. It's an unfortunate reason that we're here on this episode this morning. Paul's brother took his life on the 17th of June, 2021. And since then, they have created a foundation called Spoke to a Bloke. And you had your launch when I was facilitating a retreat in Kenya. And I was, I was over there thinking, bloody hell, I wish that I could have been in Sydney to attend the launch. And then I had the intuitive pull, well, how can I support? And I thought, well, the podcast does some really good things, things that I could never anticipate. Absolutely, the intention of this podcast is to bring more love into the world. And so I thought maybe I can support by interviewing the two of you. And so I reached out to Scott and put it, put it to him and, you know, not knowing what your response was going to be because it's very raw. It's not that long ago. And Paul, your next brother and, and both of you came back and, you know, bravely said, yes, you're happy to be interviewed. So. Yeah. And Giselle, thank you. Uh, thank you for having us on. It's, it's awesome. Yes. It, it was through tragedy that we kind of started this. We had no idea what we got into when we started this charity, but the the overwhelming support, um, the enthusiasm, just how common this issue is, it's really kind of blown, not just Scott and me, but my other brother, AD, Matt and Kenny, who are involved in the charity as well. It's really blown our minds, you know, around how important this issue is and, and we're just trying to do our bit right and having fun along the way yeah thank you thank you so we're going to dive more deeply into that in, in a moment I just wanted to say I went for a, a run yesterday afternoon and I was feeling into this episode and uh, I really have an intention intention that this is in honor of Nick you know I had his smile he had the biggest smile I had his I had his face with me all through that run yesterday afternoon and I remember actually 
we had a bit in common because you guys ran the Sydney half marathon a few well, a while ago now, probably four or five years ago, as, as I was. And he and I would be messing each other, um, being competitive about, you know, how many kilometres have you run this week and what was your pace and la, 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 la. So it was interesting that he came to me as, as I was running yesterday. And so this is in honour of Nick. This is in honour of his immediate family. This is in honour of your families. And, you know, may this episode literally save lives, may it literally save lives, and may it create healing in your families and in many, many other families. So that's my intention. So as we begin, so can you describe, Nick, up until the time that he took his life, how would you have described Nick? What was your impression of Nick? And this is to both of you. Yeah, I mean, for me, I'll, I'll take it. I mean, he was my older brother, right? So absolute role model as far as the kind of guy I always looked up to, the guy I always went to. Uh, we used to work together um, right up until the 17th of June, 2021. Uh, so we used to talk probably three or four times a day. Wow. Um, about everything, about work, about family, about life, about goals for me personally he he was he was more than a brother he was really truly just a legend of a guy and such a great mate from my perspective yeah uh, we work for a small startup called renew track so there's the plug for renew track but okay. uh, he was the cfo and i was the uh, chief customer officer the cco yeah. so we both had a, a lead management role in that organization and therefore worked you know really closely together every day Thank you. Thank you. And what about you, Scott, being brother-in-law of Nick? How would you have defined Nick up until the time he passed? Look, it's an interesting one. I think how far would I go? How, how far would you like me to go back? Wherever you feel today. Wherever suits. Wherever yeah, you I mean, feel. look, if I, was, if I was going to look at the couple of years beforehand and, and what I noticed and my experience of him, I think, you know, he was, um, he was certainly what I'd call a, a best mate and a brother for myself and um, he's, I really saw, I, I really noticed a change in him over time. And it really started, we used to work out a lot together. So we'd go to the gym, we were training for a uh, triathlon that never actually happened, but boy, we trained for it really hard. And Paulie was there and there was the three of us, right? And throughout that time period, he was, I'd say the most alive I've seen him, he was, um, very centered, he was happy, he was, you know, Nick, awesome human being. But, you know, what I did notice is when he, he stopped training for a bit there with us and he started sort of doing his own thing and I just sort of noticed a bit of a drop in energy from him. Probably leading up to it, you know, the date, I think, you know, the reality is I felt that he was um, not lost himself, but he wasn't in the moment, he wasn't, really present it's almost like you know he just wasn't he wasn't there really and he was and I think it was just so much going on for him internally that to be present would have been so difficult and I think and challenging and there was a couple of times there where I had conversations with him one in particular where he fully broke down and you know I was it was unexpected there was something there but it was unexpected for me that I think after that I sort of checked in with him the next day and it was fobbed off as if, look, I feel better now. I've shared the problems and I'm, I'm good to go. And 
So, you know, for me, you know, what was it like to be with Nick over that, that last sort of couple of years was it was an ever-changing scenario. But, yeah, that's sort of a, a brief summary. And did you ever think that he would he would take his life? Never in a million years. I mean, look, you know, it was <clears throat> just no way. I mean, look, you know, I know Paulie would, would attest to this, but the reality is it, it came as a huge shock. Mm. And... I mean, there was no inkling from my, my side, you know, really at all. Yeah, he was going through some stuff, it felt like. Was he sharing? Not, not, not really as much as I would have liked him to, but never would have thought it would have ended like that. Mm. Yeah. And I think, Giselle, just to add to that, I mean, it was really interesting when I had to make phone calls to people on the 17th, the 18th, the 19th, the month later, six months later, so when people are hearing for the first time, the the absolute feedback was nothing but shock. Um, and I know there's always shock, right? So it's always a shock if someone takes their life, but probably more so than I'd realised. Just people going, like, Nick, are you kidding me? You know, he was he was always the guy to reach out to everyone else and make sure everyone else was okay. And you know, stories from you know a guy from my work who didn't really know Nick that well, but, you know, worked with him and knew him kind of. And his story to me was, you know, one day Nick just turned up at three o'clock on a Thursday and dropped a carton of beer off on his doorstep. And Keith's like, what's that for? And he goes, oh, I was just thinking about you and just wanted to make sure you had a, you know, a good day and, and had some beers over the weekend. And stories like that, you just kind of go, Matt, he was a, he was a great, great guy. Mm. Yes, and so Scott had some experience with Nick when Nick wasn't feeling so great. What about you? Because you said, you know, you spoke three or four times a day, you worked every day together with each other and your brothers. Did you did you see that side of him? To, to repeat Scott, not in a million years, right? I, we, we would often talk about work you know there's definitely stresses involved in that but we would help each other through it we would talk about other stuff that was going on um we used to joke that you know we'd have a down day and we'd call it our man periods so we'd be <laughs> like oh, i've got my man periods today and we would like check in with each other during that day and help each other and it was typically once a month yeah <laughs> where we would like reach out and we'd have a joke about it yeah um but the thing that just, like Nick loved an activity, an event, something that was that was happening. Mm. And the thing that I still don't understand to this day was literally the following weekend, we were, him and I were due to fly up to Queensland. We were going to a good mate, Andy Barry. We we're going to his 50th. We had tickets to the state of origin. And literally the week of the 17th of June, we were talking about it. We were talking about the flight, getting to the airport. And for then to hear what happened on the Wednesday, it, it really did just didn't make sense at all. And what about now? Does it make more sense? Do you have some kind of semblance as to um, what? What I guess it makes sense to me now is just how it can impact anyone. Yeah. And mental health is a real issue. I didn't appreciate it 
at all, but just about. And, you know, Paul Green's another great example, right, which most of your listeners in Australia will have heard of. Um, tragic story where people close to him had no real understanding of the challenges he was facing and thought he was, a, you know, from the outside, a happy guy, great family, um, right leading up to when he took his own life um, as well. So I guess the impact, the fact that it can, you know, affect anyone is definitely something I've, I'm learning and, and hence the charity and what we're trying to do. Yeah. The thing that makes me sad is that he just didn't reach out that one last time for that last phone call where maybe Scott, myself, whoever, we could have just stopped what happened. That yeah. That's the bit that makes me yeah. sad. Will, will he have still been down? Will he still have potentially been depressed? Yes, because we're learning that now. Yeah. But just that one last phone call could have made that difference, yeah. right? Hence the name of your, I've got shivers everywhere, just have to say. Hence the name of your foundation, Spoke. If only he'd spoken to a bloke. If only he had that one last chance to speak to a bloke. Mm. Hence the name of your foundation, I get it. Yeah, I think, you know, the, the thing is, so in hindsight, it, it is the saddest thing is that, yeah, he, he didn't feel he could fully share what was going on for him. Mm. And he felt potentially, I don't know if the word's embarrassed, he didn't feel that he could be vulnerable. He felt maybe pegged in by society's view of what man should be. Um, it's hard to know, but the one thing that's true that cuts through it all is he just didn't feel comfortable or couldn't, didn't, didn't feel like he could share. And you know, it's hard. It's 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 hard when you look back on it because you do think, well, could we have done more to to help him through that? But at the same time, people are only, only going to do what they can do. So that's just what it is. But you know, that's that's my thoughts on it in terms yeah. of, yeah, yeah. Well said. Well said. And how has it impacted each of you and your families? Yeah. Me, it's probably. It's brought a lot of people, I think, closer together. And this charity has been personally amazing because we're not the experts in mental health. We never probably will be, but we believe that we can do something and we can do a, a small part in in just helping, you know, raise awareness. And, you know, if we can save one Nick, you know, everyone has their own Nick story, you know, whether it's themselves, if it's a brother or dad or whoever it may be if if we can just help one person to me that's that's massive you know yeah 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 exactly and the reason why i felt to interview you guys because who knows there could be one nick out there there could be many nicks out there there's magic that could happen from us coming together today and that's absolutely the intention that i'm holding yeah but and to answer your question you know has has how has it impacted the family i like in all honesty i think the kids have found it really hard mm -hmm. um, when i was growing up suicide wasn't even a word you know i'd maybe heard of one person through a friend of a friend of a friend of a friend but it's really sad just how common it is today and the fact that it is even an option for people and they're aware of it as an option. Mm. That's the bit that, 
is, I guess it's scary, right? And and therefore, for me personally, it's how do I get a better appreciation of how to look for signs, how to be a better listener, how to have real conversations with people and, and to Scott's point, not just gloss over it and think everything's okay. Like, you know, probably that that is the piece I think is, has been the good to come out of this uh, yeah. terrible event, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So I can imagine you're, you're that with your boys and your daughter. Yeah, try to be. And um, the whole family, I think, has, has really pulled together, um, which yeah. has been really lovely, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Thanks, Paul. Thanks. What about you, Scott? How has Nick's suicide impacted you and your family? Oh look, it's you know it's devastating to say the least when it when it happened. I mean, <clears throat> what Paulie said there about the kids being affected, like my daughter Sienna, is um, you know there is that thing in the back of my mind now when I'm out and about. You know, is Dad okay? Um, you know, and and she does um, still miss Nick. She still talks about Nick. She did a dedicated a dance to Nick just recently, which is really nice and. Um, we've still got we've got Nick's um, photo on our pinboard at home as a family. So every every day we get up, every time we're in the kitchen, it's right there, and it's a good reminder, I think. And it's affected everyone to a point where I think everyone's got. It does make you feel, you know, the, all the little things that you worry about in terms of relationships and things. It's it does make you give, bring you more to a point where you're, you're sort of happy to forgive and forget and you move on because life is short and anything can happen. And let's make sure that we make the most of the relationships that we do have. I think, you know, and, and for me personally, it's, um, it's shone a light on, you know, am, am I doing what I would have loved to see Nick do, um, you know, in, the, in those late days because, you know, being being comfortable and being vulnerable is really difficult, I've found. And the reality is, but it really helps. And I think for me, it's um it's been a bit of a personal wake-up call um in a lot of respects. Um, but yeah, look, overall it's been it, it it's been there's been so many, I wouldn't call it negative, but there have been so many parts that have been really sad. Um, but out of that sort of the phoenix comes the, the the good parts, right? And and you start to appreciate that. And it's almost like, I hate to say it, it, it sometimes every now and again in fleeting moments, it feels like he always wanted to give a lot to everyone. It's almost like that was his last gift. You know, Scott and Paul, when I was running yesterday, that's what I was sensing. And I was a little bit fearful of saying that. Mm. Mm to you and you've said it yeah and then the irony is right there's no there's no one in the world that loved an event more than nick and scott and i used to joke that when he used to get excited he used to sit there and flap his arms like a bloody chicken and it was just his way that he was so excited about something and so we joke about it now like whenever we're doing something or we're talking about an event we scott and i look at each other and Matt as well, and and AD and we go, oh man, Nick would be flapping his arms right now because yeah. he would love it. He would love spoke to a bloke. He would love the events. He would love 
a hundred percent being part of it. So, you know, in some way, I hope he's looking down and, and with a big smile on his face, as you said at the beginning, um, yeah. proud of what we're doing. Yeah, I'm sure he is. Again, that's what I was sensing yesterday. And as I said, I was a little bit fearful of saying that because, you know, you got you guys could have told me to fuck off. You would never do that to yourself. Oh, you could have. It's a pretty, <laughs> it's a pretty big, big statement, isn't it? To no, say I think... that this was his final gift. And it's a big gift. Like the impact that this has spoke to a bloke, the impact that spoke to a bloke can have is huge. Well, that's right. And it's, um, you know, it's... It's sweet and sour, right? It's kind of like it's bittersweet or whatever you want to call it, whatever that analogy is. Yeah. I can't quite place it. But you know, the <laughs> the the thing is there is that that dynamic and there's the sadness and the and then the, you know, what's happening now. And yeah, is amazing, really. So it's like there's a statement that's going on in my head right now. It's like there's like life can actually come from death. And ultimately, isn't that the intention of spoke to a bloke? Not words that you would have ever used, I'm sure. Hmm. But life can come from death. Yeah, certainly it can have some, some big ramifications in a really positive way, right? Because, you know, it's interesting because um, when we started the first Nick's Walk, for instance, and you talk about life coming from death, it was something that I think, um, Paula, you'd agree with me on this, it wasn't a choice it wasn't something that we were kind of contemplating, do we do this? It was something that we were, um, not a calling, but it was something that we knew that we had to do. Mm. I, re- and- I read your piece on your website and it said um, it wasn't a choice. It was basically an intuitive pull. Yeah, it was It was something that, you know, it was, there was never a choice or a question, are we going to do it? It's just when and how. And, you know, that came up pretty early in the piece. And I think um, what's been interesting is, you know, you look at the, the sad parts, but then you do look at the, the, what comes out of it from a positive perspective. And, you know, there's, there's, so, um, look, there's so many things. The reality is that, you know, Spoke to Black was formed, um, Nick's Walk, um, we feel we've helped, we hope we've helped someone, some bloke out there through what we've been doing to date. Uh, I think, you know, family relationships have gotten better with with the brothers which has been fantastic and that's been an amazing experience as well so you know and you grow as a person so i think there's there's plenty of good that comes from it yeah Mm. so tell us yeah the moment that you guys decided what was that moment that you guys decided to create this foundation tell us about that probably the 17th of june today it wouldn't have been straight away um it all started from we used to do this walk with Nick from Spitbridge to Watson's Bay. It started with four of us, then it went to six of us. And Nick kind of was the instigator of that walk. And it was, hey boys, I just want to hang out and just just talk and just have some fun. And like in all honesty, I can say that's how this whole charity started. And when the funeral was on, it was in the middle of COVID. Right. So there was a lot of people that couldn't be at the funeral. And even those that were at the funeral, it was it was kind of weird. Right. We had people in different rooms. And I mean, you were you were there. Right. Yeah. Um, I was on Zoom. Yeah. Whatever it was. People in different rooms. And um, it just wasn't the send off that we wanted to give him. Yeah. So probably a week later, we thought, well, what better way to do it than let's bloody do Nick's walk again and and do it in his memory and 
you know, had an amazing day, an amazing event, had, you know, 110 people do it. Amazing feedback. And I think for me personally, I don't know about you, Scotty, but for me, it was at that point where I went, okay, A, this has to be an annual event. Mm-hmm. And then B, what else can we do? Because that was freaking awesome. And why can't we? This is what we're good at. Like we can run events. Um, so why not do more? And and spoke to a bloke, you know, was was really formed out of that. Yeah, amazing, amazing. And as you said, Nick loved events. So how perfect. How perfect. So tell us about what's coming up with Spoke to a Bloke. So we've got um, so the next event is Nick's walk, obviously. We've got coming up, so that's on February four in Sydney. Um, so we'll walk from Spitbridge to the Watson's Bay Hotel is where we finish. So uh, yeah, I mean that's the next event. We're hoping that we can have as many blokes along. Um, one thing we do know is that it's all shapes and sizes, right? So we've got kids coming, sons coming, we've got uncles, we've got you name it, grandpas, we've got dads. And the one thing that we know about this walk is. It's a fantastic scenic walk, which is great. And you've got the 25-kilometre walk component to it. But it's interesting what happens when you walk and talk. Um, you, you know, you've got time to share and you do connect with other blokes and it's and the guys you know. And it's it's a real, um, you know, it's quite a fulfilling sort of time. And you come out from the, at the other end, you feel really good physically. But, but more importantly, you feel like you've had a pretty kind of good chat with a, quite a few blokes. We end up uh, at Watson's Bay Hotel and we finish with a big barbecue there and then back to uh, back to Manly on a ferry. So it's great. We've got Brisbane coming up as well, which I'll let Paulie talk to you about. Yeah, and so you know us, Giselle, we don't just stop at one walk. We wanted to do more. So we've got um, Adelaide lined up for February 25th um, and we've got Brisbane scheduled for April the 29th. We're partnering with Cameron Datto and my men's team, um, which is the charity we're donating uh, funds to. And he's been absolutely awesome. It's great to have him on board um, and really driving that and already having discussions to have a walk later in the year, probably October, November in Perth and potentially Townsville as well. Uh, so that that's kind of next year. And then there's a few other fun events that we're looking to do. One's called the Headband Challenge, which... Um, on our socials we'll start promoting that uh, early next year and then a couple of other things we want to do around father's day potentially um, something involving a barbecue of some description um, charity auctions you know lot, lots and lots of stuff we want to do so this was definitely the plan that you didn't make right <laughs> definitely yeah. the plan that you didn't make yet there's leadership there's leadership that's being born through through each of you and I know that there are more members you know to the foundation there are more blokes part of your found your your team but with you two sitting in front of me like there's there's different expressions of leadership that's being born through this yeah it's been it's been funny it's been good like we all bring something different which is awesome scott and i drive each other mad um, <laughs> but, it's, but it's a good mad you know we i'm loving i'm loving actually getting to know the guys not just on a family social basis but also just how they operate and how to make something really solid that can grow, getting it done right. I'm probably a little bit, let's go, let's go, let's go, let's go. But it's good. I think we really complement each other and it's yeah, it's been fun. Yeah, awesome, awesome. So I'll put details of 
those walks and the dates and everything in the show notes. So anybody can join, right? It's not just the family and friends, it's anyone, right? You're you're opening your arms and welcoming in as, as many blokes to attend. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. And, you know, just to be transparent, we, you know, we've had a few people say, you know, can can ladies or daughters do it as well? And it's been really tough because Nick was definitely not exclusive in any way. He would always include everyone. But I guess the, the unanimous feedback we've had is the benefit of doing the walk for blokes with just blokes yeah. um, is really important. And we've been encouraged by everyone to to kind of really stick to that yeah so for now yes it's blokes only but there are definitely other things we're planning that can involve everyone because you know something like nick's tragedy it impacts everyone you know daughters grandmothers neighbors sisters colleagues uh so yeah we we will definitely look to do things that include everyone as well What's the most surprising thing that's come out of Nick's tragedy, do you feel? That's a big question. I mean, I think there's a few things. It's hard to put it on one, if that makes sense. Mm. I think um, I wouldn't have thought, I wouldn't have th- I thought we would have done something around an event. That's great. But I would never have thought we would have gone as far as to, you know, register a charity called Spoke to a Bloke and make that the vehicle to support men's mental health. I think... In saying that, one thing that has been really surprising, and I don't know if this is on point to your question, but we uh, often wear our T-shirts, spoke to a bloke out when we're out and about socially. And I think, you know, whether we're together or separate, um, the amount of blokes that are coming up to us and saying it's really important what you're doing Mm -hmm. and also having some pretty deep conversations with us has probably been the most surprising, one of the most surprising things for me. Amazing. I just wouldn't have expected that, you know, a T-shirt, on the back of our T-shirt, it says supporting men's mental health. On the front, it's spoke to a bloke. And that's it. There isn't anything more. There's no website directory. There's no um, additional information. But it's definitely hitting a striking a chord in a lot of guys because we had, uh, I was down at a, a rock concert in Wollongong recently and I was just lined up and a guy came over to me and wanted to talk to me about FIFO, fly in, fly out, and that, you know, men's mental health is a real issue over there. And I spent about half an hour with him. And I don't think that I've fixed anything. I don't think that um, that interaction necessarily gave him any tools, but it gave him an opportunity to share it and, you know, and speak to someone. And the reality is this is something that's consistent. So I don't, I don't know that I put on this T-shirt and there's ever been a time where someone hasn't said something. Mm. And so that's been... Um, you know, whilst it hasn't been the most surprising thing from losing Nick, it certainly is something that's been really interesting and surprising as, as far as what's come from that being spoke to a bloke and what, what that's meant and rolled out like. I just love it, right? Because what you were saying is that it doesn't just, you know, spoke to a bloke just doesn't happen every year at Nick's walk, just once a year or when you do events, other events. It's actually every day. And when you put mm. that T-shirt on, it, like the name is just so perfect. I don't know who came up with the name, but it's just just so bloody perfect because the solution's inherent in the name of 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 your charity. Yeah, that's it's great. I mean, look, when we were talking about and we we're spitballing names, the big thing was we definitely wanted to have communication. 
in there, right? Because we knew that that was a big part of it. That's what we wanted to be about. And so, yeah, look, it's it's rolled out in a very interesting way. And as you said, it's unplanned. And re realistically, we don't know what's next. Yeah. Perfect. But it's been a really interesting ride to date, that's for sure. That's awesome. And I think, Giselle, just from my, my perspective, probably the biggest thing I've learned is it, it can actually happen to anyone. And I know that's, a you know, it's easy to say, but this is a classic example of that. Um, probably the other one is it's not just about the person that's struggling. It's also, for, it's been beneficial for me, for Scott, you know, how do people that have someone close to them that has done this or is struggling, how do you deal with it yourselves and how can you be a better listener? So, you know, yes, our shirt says spoke to a bloke, but one of our ambassadors, you know, he was kind of saying, I love the logo, but spoke to a bloke, so what? You know, it's about, did you listen and did you hear what they were saying? And did you get back to them and follow up and put a shot, you know, an arm around them and make sure they're okay? So I thought I thought that was that was really good. And, and then probably finally the the other one for me that has been so exciting about what we're doing is just the absolute passion people have to help and to get involved and to see what they can do and share their story. Um, that's been tremendous. It's been brilliant. Amazing. As I said, life can come from death. Yeah, life can come from death. It's beautiful. And definitely Nick's gift. Yeah, Nick's gift. I've got. I've yeah, got that just... sounds like the name of a horse race. Uh, we should have a, a horse race annually called the Nick's Gift. Oh, that's so good. <laughs> <laughs> they were always thinking. See, there you go. You don't know what's next until it comes. I love that. There you go. There you go. I love that. Perfect, perfect. So I've got, I think I've got two more questions. So I want to give you both and you both of you might respond none of you might respond one of you might respond I don't know how this question's going to go about your own mental health so we've talked about men's mental health we've talked about Nick's mental health what about your own mental health like what's your journey been like not necessarily to do with your mental health since the 17th of June but your mental health like and the reason why I'm asking this question is because um, I'm giving you if it's appropriate the opportunity, you know, to be a role model here and, you know, to be vulnerable about your own possible, possible challenges. Look, what I would say is um, I'm certainly no stranger to having challenges like every bloke. And the reality is I've gone through a number of different times where it's, you know, and even to this day, right, it's no one stranger to, to going through bouts of depression or, um, you know, having challenge, more challenging times. Um, you know, I've been through personally, a, um, uh, uh, I was probably, you know, in a, in a depressed state for probably 12 months, you know, many years ago. And that was on the back of um, losing a business, um, house, and, you know, everything that goes along with that, right? And it all happened at once. And... You know, what's interesting is back then I had no idea what was happening to me. I had zero understanding. Um, all I knew was I had to fight it. And that, that didn't work. And there was all these things that happened along the way. And I think back to that and I'm like, well, it really started, that probably started my personal journey. 
on on you know really understanding myself more and understanding how to deal with things but yeah look that was um that was probably the, the the start of it for me and i think the reality is you you learn how you get through these things right so um for me how i did that was you know you, you certainly seek out the right people to speak to and i think just you actually way back when recommended someone for me to speak to via skysy and um you know, and I mix that with some exercise and um, good people around me. And and once you actually, once I actually sort of understood what was happening, it was a lot easier to then, you know, it's like call, calling it what it is, and then being able to, you know, you accept that and you can you can move forward. But look, you know, that was that was one time, and that was probably a pretty that was something that stands out for me in terms of now. Um, look, I just think it's. For, for me anyway, it's there's always challenges that come along. I just feel like I'm better equipped to deal with it. Um, and, you know, it's something that you continue work, continually work on for sure because, you know, self-work is so important. But I think it's also the reminder of what happened with Nick, like nothing, share it if you need to. Like nothing is that is that bad. And, you know, if you do practice what we preach and we do share and we do talk about what's going on I think it's um for me anyway it it helps and you know I'm uh I'm good but you know from time to time there's still those challenges so yeah that's that's what I would share with you we're human right yeah we're human and self-awareness is is everything now I, I remember I remember in 2013 my business was not doing well at all and um you know Clayton was like you know the ship is sinking at home here financially and uh, I felt so hopeless and helpless. And I, you know, I'd spent all this money on experts to help me and nothing, nothing helped. And then I had a coach who I just met on Facebook. She lived in New Zealand. She reached out to me and she said, are you all right? She just must have sensed. And I said, no, not really. So no, let's get on a call. And I, you know, shared with her what had been happening. And she said to me, oh, you're in chaos. And do you know how relieving it was to hear that I, I was in chaos. Like I could actually, I actually, I had a context mm. and it allowed me to accept that I was in chaos, which actually was, which actually gave me peace, which is kind of bizarre, right? And then of course that, you know, I started working with her and everything changed. So yes, absolutely. Um, awareness is just everything, just everything rather than being completely in it and not understanding where you're at and what's going on. So thank you. Thanks, Scott, for being open about that. I really appreciate that. So I was thinking yesterday, again, when I was running, I was thinking, you know, the way that Nick took his life was, I mean, there was no going back. The way he did it was, it was final. What do you think, if you could have got into his head at that time, what do you think he would have been thinking? once he took that final act of no going back. Paulie, do you want to go with this or? Yeah, I'm just, it's because I've had this unanswered question a billion times, honestly. I don't know what he was thinking other than he wasn't thinking. And there would have been a thousand people that would have ran to be by his side and helped him. You know, we would have dropped everything. Mm. So what was he thinking? I think he wasn't thinking <laughs> because I just, back to what I said earlier in the, the 
the the discussion was I just wish there was that one last chance to have a conversation because I actually think we could have snapped him out of it. Mm. I really do. Um, I hope we could have. Um, I just think he got to the point where he, there just was no other option and he... I just think he must have felt that it was the best outcome for everyone in him doing what he's doing, which, again, doesn't, doesn't, it makes zero sense to me because how is that a good outcome for anyone, right? And um, Well, yeah. I've, I've, had that, I've had that same thought, right? Like, you know, there's been a few female suicides in the area in the last few years. Mm. And I'll be the first to admit that my first thought goes, how selfish can they be mm. to their children? When I was facilitating a retreat in Croatia in September, there was a powerful, powerful, most loving, gorgeous woman there. I actually interviewed her on the episode, Fuck Yes, I Matter and So Do You is the name of the episode. And she'd been there. And she said, people say that. How can you be so selfish? And when they're in that space, they think that they're actually doing the right thing, that mm-hmm. that 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 they're helping. Like this, their sense of worth is so at the rock bottom, it's so rock bottom that they think that they're doing their families a favour but not being there anymore. That's just, thankfully, I've never been at that level. I don't understand that personally. But hearing that from, from Libby was, it, yeah, it, it opened me up to be able to see just how low their self-worth is in that moment. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, and, and that's probably, you know, there's been a lot of learning and we'll we'll continue to learn every single day as part of our path forward now. But just being aware that when someone gets into that, you know, they call it the red zone, when they're in the red zone, what are the strategies that they can adopt to kind of help them through that? And for someone like Nick, that day, that minute, that second, that hour, you know, if if he had had an awareness of shit, I'm in the red and I need to do something quickly, whether it's, you know, jumping on the ground and doing 50 push-ups or, you know, grabbing some ice cubes. And there's all these different techniques that people have that could have made a difference. Right. And I had a, a, a good friend the other day said that his, his email to me was spoke to a bloke is absolutely such a perfect time for this to be uh, coming forward because he had just spent an hour and a half on the phone with one of his mates that was about to kill himself and he spent 90 minutes on the call on the phone with this guy convincing him to stay alive Um, they were both in tears obviously it was a very emotional uh, phone call interstate so they couldn't be there physically together and you know he was just saying how spoke to a bloke if we can just make people aware that there will be times where you could be in that red zone and this is what you need to do to get out of it um that could be massive right yeah absolutely i mean i didn't even know about that i've learned something just from your sharing there so thank you as i'm sure the listeners will have learned as well yeah Mm. so thank you thanks for saying that I think Giselle, like if I was going to say comment on what I think Nick was sort of thinking before beforehand, I, I would definitely agree with Paul. And I think the simplest way to 
the way I would encapsulate it is there's just no way forward for him. He can't see a way forward that actually makes sense or it's just, it can't happen. He's just, he can't see it. This is all it is. And that the world would be a better place if he wasn't here, unfortunately. And that's all I can, I can gather. And it's just so sad to think that he was at that depth of sadness and but, um that's all I can, you know, sort of string together that he might may have thought beforehand, yeah. Yeah. And it's funny, Giselle, there's this, you know, I'd never heard of a term called misadventure. I'm not sure if, if you've heard of that or your listeners have, but we learned about that the day after and Scott and I and Matt and Aidy and a few others, we were convinced that this was a misadventure and it was an accident and he hadn't meant to do what he did and it wasn't suicide. You know, I was 100% around that and kind of put me at ease going, well, it's a tragedy still, but it's a misadventure, so it's kind of easier to take. When we found out it wasn't and it was actually suicide, it it completely changed everything mm-hmm. because then it was, fuck, <laughs> you know, why, how, I felt guilty. I'm sure Scott felt guilty. All of us, there was a level of guilt, blame, mm. anger, sadness. You just go round and around and around. And, you know, I am I through it today? No. I, you know, I went for a walk three days ago and I was just listening to music and just burst into tears walking home. Didn't know what it came from, just came out of the blue. Um, but it was good because I could go home and talk about it. You know, got together the next day with Matt and Scotty, and it's good. It's good to have that that network of support. And you even let yourself. I know that it feels like uh, that you couldn't have held it in if you tried. That perhaps you've learnt from Nick that it's really important to feel what's ever there, and you allowed yourself to feel that. Yeah, and no shame in that too. I'm, I'm, you know, I love a good cry. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> let it happen. Yeah, no issue with that, but it's uh, it, it it definitely gets it definitely gets easier for sure. Um, but the passion to do something with this charity is just getting stronger and stronger and stronger because it could just help one more Nick, right? Yeah, absolutely, many more, many, many more. Yeah, yeah. really acknowledging, yeah, the passion and the ever growing passion. Really acknowledging that there's a force here. That's what I'm feeling sitting here with you two. There's a force here. Yeah, unstoppable. Like it's not, it's not like as if um, you guys are going to drop this, you know, because you're too busy in six months. Right? There's a force here. And you don't know how big the force is going to be, but it's got a life of its own. It's like there's an inevitability here. Especially, you know, knowing how and who you know, each of you are like, you guys are bloody powerful men, (laughs) powerful men, powerful, powerfully loving men. Yeah. Powerfully loving men. So really acknowledging you. I think that's a great word. It's inevitable. For me, sums it up. It's, it's not a choice. You know, and the name of this podcast is the intuitive pool. I mean, that's exactly what's going on here. You guys are pulled. There's there's no choice. You're pulled and you're going with it. Yeah, 100%. So thanks to both of you for being here. You know, I was really aware that it's not that long ago and, you know, that it's a really, it's really raw 
because Nick was your brother and your brother-in-law. So I want to say thank you from the bottom of my heart to saying yes to being interviewed. You know, may may the force continue to grow and um, and may it save many, many Nicks, many, many Nicks. And uh, yeah, and thanks, Nick, for your final gift, even though that's not what everybody wanted. And I'm sure that if you could rewind time, that this is the gift that you didn't want to receive, <laughs> that you didn't want to hold in the world. And yet it is what's here. So thank you, beautiful, loving, powerful men. Thank you. Yeah, thanks, Giselle. Really appreciate um, having us on. Thank you. Yeah, thanks, Giselle. Awesome. And appreciate your time. Before our listeners go, there's an extra piece to this episode that have been graciously given permission to include. So the background of that is we completed the interview and we continued talking and the recording was still going. Afterwards, I thought to myself, wow, that piece that wasn't the interview was actually really powerful and it just stayed with me. And then today, before I started editing this episode, I was speaking to Scott and he was asking me how I felt the episode went and I said I felt it, well, the interview went and I said that I felt that it went very well and that I felt that the vulnerability shared when the interview had finished was actually pretty special. And so Scott suggested that we keep that as part of the episode. I asked him to ask Paul for permission. And as I said, we've been graciously given that permission. So please stay tuned just for the next few minutes and hear more about Paul's experience from his vulnerable self. Thank you, gentlemen. Thank you. Thanks, guys. All good? Yeah, all good. That's a wrap. <laughs> um, how, how was that for you? I got a bit emotional there for a while. Yeah, I did. Good. I did. I don't know if that was evident, but oh, you can feel it. There's a there's an energy shift. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, definitely got a which was good. I didn't think I was going to go there with the gift thing, but I've been thinking about that. And it just came out, as you said. So that was um that was pretty interesting. I just had a session with Dave before this, so ah. I'm ready to go. Uh, I was actually thinking I might even put David's um, details in the show notes. Who knows what might happen? Yeah, maybe. Yeah. Yeah, whatever. I mean, yeah, and that, that one, that one's, it, look, it's kind of hard. I find that question hard. And I'm glad you, Scotty, you answered it because it was genuine. And, and the reason I say that, Giselle, is I, I haven't been there personally. So I find it, I actually find it hard to talk about mental health struggles for me I, yeah I have ups and downs and you know sometimes it's shitty and I've got people around me that are struggling that I'm trying to help and support so it's just I didn't know if my answer was appropriate to that question because I knew where you were trying to take it yeah um the thing for me is like Nick Nick was five and a half years older than me and it our life you could basically lay it out on a train track and I was, I'm basically following behind him. Yeah. And that's the thing that freaks me out sometimes because I'm like, shit, you know, like we got married at the same time. He went to the UK. I went to the UK. He had, you know, we both had kids together. He, he 
did accounting at uni. I did accounting at uni. He joined Renew Track. I joined Renew Track. He stopped playing soccer at yeah. 51. I'm probably going to start. And, you know, everything is the same. And so yeah. I'm just sitting there going, fuck, am I going to get this mental switch in my head at no. 52? He's passed a different baton onto you. A different yeah. One. Yeah, he's passed yeah. a different baton onto you. And yeah. you've got more awareness now than what he had. Yeah. yeah. So it, you can't go down that road. We, yeah. You've got too much awareness now. It's yeah, fundamentally changed, shifted for you. When you asked the question, I, I actually didn't know how to answer that one because, yeah, I don't know. But, yeah, I just want to say, like, tr- trust yourself, Paul, because you've got way too much awareness. Yeah. And and the the environment that you're in now with the foundation, there's just no way. It, it, yeah. you, don't, you don't believe that story. So on my desk, so we had we always have this thing at work where we do challenges, and one challenge was send us something from the weekend. And this we got this young guy who lives in the UK, and he had this picture. Well, he sent this video of him doing chin ups on a chin up bar with his kid on on his back, and like basically showing off how strong he is. So the next weekend, Nick and I were at Buckety's, and just as a joke, Nick went to reenact. This guy is a bit of a payout to him. And one of the girls, she did a cartoon of the of the picture. And if you can see it, it's Nick pretending. He's actually standing on the ground, right? And he's pretending yeah. to do chin-ups. So he's standing there <laughs> and I'm, I'm, I'm hanging on to his back. But the thing that really strikes me, that picture, is it, it looks, for me, I get Nick struggling. Mm. And be there basically on his back, you know, with the weight of his world on his back and Nick struggling, he's red in the face and he, you know, can't deal with it. Mm. And I look at that picture every day and it just, it, yeah, it's, I don't know. It's just, mm. I mean, uh, what are you saying there, mate? Can I ask? I'm just saying the picture, I don't know what I'm saying, actually. I I was looking at it through the conversation and it was like Nick, that we all love and know, he's there, red in the face, struggling. And me just got it there on his back, not really being aware of what he's going through. Even though it was a piss take and it had nothing to do with that, when I look at the picture now, I look at it with a completely different lens going, shit, he's in trouble, he's struggling. What could we have done to help lift him up a bit more, you know? Yeah. But are you blaming yourself, the fact that you feel like you're on his back and not noticing? Um, I have. Mm. I wouldn't say blame myself. I don't know if that's the right word. Just mm. more could I have done more and maybe saw the signs a bit better or listened more or helped more or whatever, you know, whatever it may be. I don't, I don't blame myself. Good. I think. At the end of the day, he's you're accountable for what you do, right? And he's yeah. he's got to own that. Um, yeah. I just wanted to check that you didn't blame yourself. That's why I asked. <laughs> Thanks, bud. If you enjoyed this episode or previous episodes, I would so so appreciate you sharing the love and letting your family, friends and colleagues know about this podcast because the only way that it's going to get out there is if we use word of mouth, the good old word of mouth. So I have my hands in appreciation for you, for
for those who have already been sharing the love and should this part of the podcast inspire you to share amongst your network i really really appreciate you also i've been saying that i am also returning to my first love which is writing so if you would like to receive me in your inbox every week there is a link in the show notes where you'll be able to subscribe and i look forward to writing to you have an incredible week thank you